Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. The Old Testament book of Ezekiel and chapter number 34. Ezekiel in chapter number 34. We are currently going through a series of the Millennial Kingdom, the thousand year reign of Christ. And we're exploring and explaining this event that the Bible describes in quite a bit of detail all throughout the Word of God. Remember that there are more passages dedicated to the Millennial Kingdom in the Word of God than any other subject except for the tabernacle and temple. Unfortunately, we live in such a world where this isn't pre and people, even born-again Christians who are faithful to church, know very little about the thousand-year reign of Christ. And through this series, we've already explained the prisoner of the millennial kingdom, that Satan is going to be locked away for a thousand years. We talked about the people of the millennial kingdom, that there are going to be several groups of people. There are going to be those with the redeemed bodies. Those are all of us who have accepted Jesus as our Savior before the rapture. We're going to have redeemed bodies that cannot sin against God. We understand that there's going to be some people who live through the tribulation who accepted Christ as their Savior. And then during the millennial kingdom, those people who survived the tribulation are going to have their natural bodies. They are going to be able to have uh, babies. And those people will be able to populate the millennial kingdom. So there's going to be a group of people who are born during the millennial kingdom. We've also gone through and explained the conditions of the earth. That God is going to reset Garden of Eden conditions inside of the Millennial Kingdom. And what a wonderful place it will be that we'll have no reason to fear the darkness. That we'll be in a place where you could run 200 miles without getting tired. And there was so many things explaining the conditions of the earth during the Millennial Kingdom. Now we're getting more to the nuts and bolts. Explaining how the Millennial Kingdom works. And this morning we explained that Jesus Christ, he is the king of the millennial uh, millennial kingdom. On Wednesday night, we'll explain the government of the millennial kingdom and explain a little bit more how the government will work inside of the millennial kingdom. But as for tonight, we're talking some more about the administration, how the rank and file, how... Who is in charge during the millennial kingdom? We understand that Jesus Christ will be the king. Who else will be in charge and what positions will they have inside of the millennial kingdom? Well, if you don't mind, let's answer that starting in the book of Ezekiel chapter 34. The book of Ezekiel chapter 34. And notice with me in verse number 23. Ezekiel 34 and verse number 23, the Bible says this. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. 
And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a phrase that we find in the book of Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, and notice with me in verse number 24. Ezekiel 34 and verse 24, notice the phrase, my servant David, a prince among them. My servant David, (laughs) a prince among them. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach tonight from the word of God about David and the regents. David and the regents. And if you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And again, as we open up the word of God and we explore the word of God, that we would be able to have this to make sense, that you would illuminate our eyes, that your Holy Spirit would be permeating our own hearts, that we could see how you have set up the millennial kingdom, that we could rejoice and look forward to it. But we would also understand that our responsibility here on this earth, here and now, and how it affects the millennial kingdom for us as well. We're asking that again, you would open up your Bible in a special way. I need your Holy Spirit help. I need you to fill me with your precious spirit and that you get accomplished your own work tonight, that you would draw people close to you and that you would help them determine to be working for eternity's sake this time here and now. Again, you just do your own work and we leave everything in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David and the regents. Well, we explain this morning That Jesus Christ will be the king of the millennial kingdom. He's in charge. He's the boss. He's the one that's going to rule from the capital city of Jerusalem. And he is going to oversee the entire millennial kingdom. That we explained this morning. That he's going to rule from Jerusalem. And he's going to rule the strong countries. He's going to rule the countries that are afar off. Jesus Christ is the one who is ultimately in charge. But he is also going to organize his government in a way that is easy to administrate, especially when you're going to have many people who are born in the millennial kingdom. Remember that the millennial kingdom um, conditions that there's going to be many people who are born and very few people who are going to die. And you're going to have a great population boom that is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And those people who are born will not have a redeemed body. That means that they will have a sin nature. And even though Satan is going to be locked away, this old stinking rotten awful flesh is still going to be there for those who are born during the millennial kingdom. And Jesus is going to operate a perfect government to govern over all of those folks. Well, in order to do that, God has already set up a organization to go ahead and an administration to oversee the ruling, the day-to-day operation, the judgment to make sure things are done properly and taken care of. And in this passage here, we see the first part of this system of government, and we see it here in Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, notice with me in verse 23. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Who is this going to be? Even my servant David, he shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. So God's going to be God. He's going to be in charge. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. The first thing I'd like to show you is that David will be the prince and the regent. David will be the prince and the regent. Now, what do we mean by this? 
We mean that old shepherd boy. The one found in the book of 1 Samuel. The shepherd boy. The ruddy boy. The man who played music. The one who killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. The young man who stood before a giant and said, Guess what? My God's going to kill you. And took a stone and slung it and hit the giant in the forehead. The same one who ran out and took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. The one who ran from Saul from all those years. The one who became king and ruled for 40 years before. Before his death. Historical King David. Is going to be the one. Who's in charge. After Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the king. If you could say he's the CO. The commanding officer. The second in command. The XO. Would be David. David would be second in command. He's the one who's going to help administrate. And oversee and take care of everything. Historical David. So the one that we read about scriptures. He's going to be our boss one day. Isn't that kind of cool to think about? Historical King David. The one that God said, this is a man after my own heart. That is going to be the regent, the prince. Second in command. If you don't mind, this isn't the only passage that speaks about David being in charge. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. Now, Ezekiel 37 is a cool passage because it talks about... Um, excuse me, it talks, excuse me, Ezekiel 37 is the valley of the dry bones. And this is an important passage where uh, he, God told Ezekiel to preach to the bones and he preached and they moved, but there was no life in it. They needed the spirit of God to breathe into it. And then he goes through and explains that God is going to restore and unite Um, the kingdoms, and that God is going to be in charge. And then with this, he's going to put, God's going to be in charge of all of this. His spirit's going to rule and reign, which we'll talk more in a different lecture some other time. But notice with me in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 in verse number 24. Ezekiel 37 in verse 24. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall have one shepherd, and they shall also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes, and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I've given unto Jacob, my servant, and when your father, uh, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they sh- shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Once again, this is clearly a millennial kingdom passage, Ezekiel 37. And so it's talking about the millennial kingdom where God is going to restore Israel. He's going to unite them, bring them back. And then he's going to put David in charge. So you're going to have Jesus and then you're going to have King David. And so King David is going to be there during the millennial kingdom to administrate, to oversee, to be the regent, to take care, to to execute the authority of Jesus Christ upon the land. Well, we have King Jesus and we have David, but that is not it. There's also more that is set up inside of this millennial kingdom, inside of this. That the second thing I want to show you is that the New Testament saints will rule and reign under Christ. The New Testament saints will rule and reign 
under Christ. I'm going to take a message where I explain even more about ruling and reigning. But you understand there are tons of passages in the Old Testament as well as the New that explains that us as New Testament Christians, we are going to rule and reign in the millennial kingdom. We're going to administrate. There's so much I want to talk to you about, but I don't want to cram two messages into one. I just want to just go ahead and get this one. Explaining that we, who are New Testament saints, we may have the opportunity to rule and reign with Christ. Now, if you don't mind, may I show you just a couple of passages? Since we're in the Old Testament, let's look in Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah 32. Now, again, we're talking about and building up a case of the millennial kingdom and how it's going to work. In Isaiah Isaiah 32, if you don't mind. Isaiah 32. <laughs> we understand that King Jesus, he's going to be the king of the millennial kingdom. Second inch command is going to be the, um, excuse me, is going to be King David. But that's not going to be all that's there inside of the millennial kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 32 in verse 1, it just simply says this. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. And again, this is a millennial kingdom passage. We're not going to dive into all of it, but we're explaining that in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be King Jesus, and there are going to be other rulers during that time. Who are these other rulers? Well, I've already declared who they are. Now, let me prove it to you. Let's just look at a couple of passages. Notice with me in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 1. <laughs> Again, there are tons of passages, probably more passages than you realize of where the Bible talks about that we will rule and reign as New Testament saints. There is a qualification to that, which I'll get into just a moment. But we understand that God is going to make the New Testament saints. We're going to be in charge, ruling and reigning with him. Notice with me in the book of Revelation chapter 1. <coughs> Revelation chapter 1. Notice with me, if you don't mind, Revelation chapter 1, starting at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the king's of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. Now that's talking about us New Testament saints. Verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Here it talks about that he made us kings during this time. Notice with me in the book of Revelation chapter, oh, in Revelation chapter 2, I think it says it twice. Revelation chapter 3, it says it again. Revelation chapter 5 is where I want you to head to. By the way, it's not just in Revelation, it speaks about it in the book of Matthew. It speaks about it, I think, in the gospel record of Luke. It speaks about us ruling and reigning with him. Now, isn't that exciting? That you're going to have a job in the millennial kingdom. That God is going to use you and he has a purpose for you in the millennial kingdom. That we're going to rule and reign with Christ. That Jesus Christ is going to be the head. After that, you're going to have King David. After that, we've already explained. <coughs> uh, maybe I'll show it to you in just a second. You're going to have the 12 disciples. They're going to be over the 12 tribes of Israel. And us as the New Testament saints, we're going to be right beside them. Notice with me in Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, notice with me again. In um, 
in verse number 10. Revelation 5.10. And had made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Once again, the book of Revelation chapter 20. The book of Revelation chapter 20, speaking specifically of the millennial kingdom. Revelation chapter 20. And let's pick it up in verse number 4. Revelation 20 in verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, which had neither worshipped the beast, neither his image, nor had received his mark in their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ. And shall reign with him a thousand years. So we understand as this is set up we have King Jesus. Second command would be historical King David. Then we have the 12 disciples. By the way, we're not going to turn there, but I'll give you the passage. Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, is where Jesus told the 12 disciples that they are going to sit on thrones and they're going to judge over the 12 tribes of Israel. And then us as New Testament saints, we'll have the opportunity to rule and reign with Christ in the millennial kingdom. Isn't that exciting stuff? That's amazing stuff. And this is what the Bible declares. But there's one last thing I'd like to hit. And this is where I want to spend most of our time tonight. Is that this is the third thing. The level of responsibility we are trusted with. The level of responsibility we are trusted with. Is determined by our faithfulness now. The level of responsibility we are entrusted with. During the millennial kingdom for a thousand years is determined by the level of our faithfulness right now. In fact, you, if you want to do a mathematical term, it's in direct proportion that the level of faithfulness that we're, we show the Lord now is the same level of responsibility of what God entrusts us with in the millennial kingdom. So what we do now will affect us for a thousand years. Now, next week, we're going to talk more about the different rewards and the different things that happen. And you're going to be amazed with what the Bible says. There are going to be many people who make the millennial kingdom, meaning they, are, they came to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. But that's all they did. They did not live for the Lord. They never served the Lord. They never won people to the Lord. And those people are going to be set aside in the millennial kingdom. They're still going to be there. May perhaps I could say it this way. That there are going to be some people in the millennial kingdom. That all they can be trusted with is the street sweeps. Sweet sweep streets. Because they were not trustworthy here on this earth. So God does not put them in a level of responsibility Later on. And there are many passages. And we'll look through some next week. But if you don't mind. May I prove this point to you now. That the level of responsibility we're entrusted with. Is determined by our faithfulness to the Lord now. Take your copy of the word of God. And turn with me to the gospel record of Luke. Luke 
The gospel record of Luke in chapter 19. The gospel record of Luke chapter number 19. Now we start off by making sure we have the context. In the gospel record of Luke chapter 19. What has occurred is Zacchaeus has got saved. You remember the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. You know he went to go see Jesus, but he couldn't because there were so many people. So what did he do? He climbed up on a sycamore tree to see what he can see. And what happened? Jesus came down and saw Zacchaeus and said, Come down, for I'm coming to your house to dine today. And so he scrambles down and he says... Thank you, Lord. And what happened is he got saved. And he just didn't get saved. He got really saved. He went and made a pledge to Jesus. And not just to Jesus in front of everyone. He said, if I cheat at someone, I'm going to pay them back four times what I cheated them in money. And I'm going to give half of my money away. Now that's a change, especially for a tax collector whose whole purpose in life was to gain as much money as possible. Man, this is someone who got saved, saved. And these people scratched their head and they said, what in the world happened? And so on the heels of this and the heels of Jesus leading Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus got saved and the people are scratching their head. Jesus now enters into another parable to explain something. Notice with me in the gospel record of Luke chapter 19. The gospel record of Luke chapter 19. And notice with me in verse number 11. The gospel record of Luke chapter 19 and verse 11. Notice this parable. And as they heard these things. He added and spake a parable. Because he was nigh unto Jerusalem. And because they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So notice the context. Zacchaeus just got saved. He said for the son of man is to come to seek and to save that which was lost. They heard these things. And as they're listening he added to it. Also with the idea that they thought. Hey man look if this tax collector got saved. The kingdom must be ready to come now. It must be ready for the kingdom. And Jesus is explaining to him, No it's not now. However we have a responsibility here and now. In preparation for the kingdom. Notice as he begins this parable in verse 12. And he said therefore. A certain nobleman went to a far country. To receive for himself a kingdom and return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto them, well done, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little. Thou shalt have authority over ten cities and the second came to him 
said, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He likewise said to him, Be thou over five cities. And another came to him and said, Lord, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I fear thee, because thou art a store man. And thou hast taken up that layest not down, and reapest that which thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was in a store man, taking up that which I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore thou gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might require mine own with usury. And he said unto him that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you, that every one which hath that hath shall be given and from him that hath not even that that he hath shall be taken away from him but those mine enemies which would not that i should reign over them bring hither and slay them before me so here's this parable that jesus says now right after um <laughs> Z- got saved he turns around the people are ready for the kingdom to come and he says no no not yet he says let me tell you a story there was a man who was going to go away and he was going to go to get receive the kingdom that was promised to him until he got back he put 10 servants and he placed them in charge and he gave each one of them a pound and he says this instruction occupy until I come occupy till I come do what I told you to do. By the way, we were told a specific instruction of the Great Commission. Do what I told you to do. Occupy till I come. And in the midst of this, they, those servants are in the midst of a citizenship, a country, a kingdom that the guy is going to receive. They don't want the king to rule over them. We don't want this guy to rule over him. We don't want this person to rule over him. And the servants are in the midst of a a people, a bunch of people, a lot of people that don't want the king to serve over them. And you know what those servants are supposed to do? While they're waiting for the king to come back, they are to be working with these citizens. These citizens, God owns them. He's already the king, whether they recognize it or not. Work with these citizens and draw them to the place where they said, we do want him. To rule over him. They want to see this change. Where they were going for themselves. Now they want to serve the king. And we occupy and we work. Drawing those people, those citizens. That's who we're working with. Is the citizens who do not want. The king to rule over them. So when the king received his kingdom. And he came back. He now called all the servants. To give an account. And the first one comes. And he says. Look, I got what you gave me, and now I have now multiplied it to ten. And notice what the the Lord gave them in verse number 16. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound have gained ten pounds. And he, this is the king, said to him, Well, thou good servant... Because thou hast been faithful in very little, thou shalt have, notice this, authority over ten cities. 
Because this man was faithful and occupying until his master came, doing what he told him to do in the midst of a country where the people said, we don't want to serve him. And remember the context, Zacchaeus was a man who lived for himself and now he got saved and now he wants to serve the upcoming king. They're leading him as they're faithful in what God has told them to do. The master has told them to do. They're now going to be given authority over ten cities. Ten cities. And then the fifth, uh, the, the man who took what was given to him and he turned it to five pounds. What happened? He was faithful. And so God gave him authority over five cities. Then came the last one, and he said, hey, I knew who you were, and I knew that you were going to hold me in account, and I didn't want to lose what you gave me, so I buried it, so that way nothing would happen to it. I put it in a napkin, and I said, you know, if I just keep it in this napkin, nothing will happen to it at all, and so here you go. And the master said, hey, you didn't even put it in a bank. You didn't even invest it, so I could at least get interest at the very least. And so what happened is they took what he was given and they gave that responsibility to the man who had five or ten cities, to ten pounds, ten cities. He gave what was he was supposed to have and his rewards and gave it to someone else. Now there's even an objection. Notice with me if you don't mind in verse 25. And they said unto him, Lord, he had ten pounds. They said, it's not fair. That guy's already responsible for 10 cities. He's already got 10 pounds. It's not fair. Why'd you take it from that guy? Because it's not socialism in the millennial kingdom. What it is, it's not fair where it's evenly divided. It is based off the servant's faithfulness. Who can the king trust to oversee and be faithful And what the king has given him to do. You know what we're doing right now? We're doing our job interview. We're doing our internship. We are being proven. Can we be trusted? What's the interpretation of this? Knowing that we're talking about the millennial kingdom. Knowing that we're talking about us now. That what has happened is our master has left. Jesus is not bodily here. He has gone to prepare a place. He has gone to go receive his kingdom. Now, everyone on this earth, he owns it. He's the boss. But we live in a bunch of people that do not want Jesus to rule over them. We will not have this man rule over them. I saw a sign not too long ago that said, if Jesus came back, we'll kill him again. We live in a place, they don't want Jesus to rule over them. But you know what the miracle is? Is that we could see those people as we occupy and as we're faithful. We could see those people who say we don't want him to rule over us. And come to the place where they pass from death to life. Where a miracle happens. Where they are saying I want to serve God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Is we're working with the citizens who hate God. And working with them to bring them to the place where they get saved. And now they're looking forward to the king to come. And what's going to happen is that the king, when he receives his kingdom, he is going to come back. And he's going, we're all going to give an account to that king. 
And he's going to say, this is the opportunities and the abilities I gave you. What did you do with them? Did you occupy till I come? Did you do what I told you to do? And one by one, we're going to give account. And he's going to tell some, you were faithful and few. Here are some cities I want you to rule over. Based off of our faithfulness now is how many cities we're going to rule in the millennial kingdom. Think about that. There are going to be some people who are going to rule over the kingdom of Wisconsin. Some has already said, I want the kingdom of Arizona. Maybe some of you are looking forward to Florida or Texas. Maybe you just get the kingdom of, of uh, Oneida. <laughs> but it's based off of our faithfulness now. Are you serving God now? Are you faithful? Now, I want to remind you, it's not our job to save people. We can't save anybody. Jesus saves them. We are just responsible in giving the lost world the message. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? We are to prepare this kingdom for the coming king. And to tell those citizens who said, I don't want him to rule over us. We're to bring them to the place where they get to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And now they're looking forward to it. We are to occupy until he comes. Doing what he has told us to do. And dear friend, may I tell you, there's many people who are saved. Legitimately saved and born again. And they are going to the millennial kingdom. Their sins are forgiven. However, when they face God, they're going to say, guess what? I hid what you give me in a napkin. I did a lot of different things, but I didn't do what you told me to do. And Jesus is going to rule and say, all those rewards I wanted to give to you, I'm going to put someone else's in charge. I cannot trust you. You were not faithful in the time I've given you. I'm going to give it to someone else I can trust. And there's going to be a lot of people in the millennial kingdom, who will not rule with us. And there's many other passages that deal with this. But it is based off of our faithfulness to the Lord right now. And remember, in the millennial kingdom, that population is going to grow exceedingly. You want to talk about population growth, wait to the millennial kingdom, and you're going to see population growth. And there's going to be a lot of people who have natural bodies who are going to need to be saved. And a lot of people who are going to need administration, who are going to need right judgment. And we're going to be part of that government. There's going to be a lot of cities that are going to need mayors over it. Rulers, judges watching over that. And God has a plan and he wants us to be a part of it. But it is based off of our reward, our faithfulness. Right now. So the question bears. Are you preparing for the millennial kingdom? Does he find you faithful to occupy till he comes? Are you busy about your father's business? You see there's many of us that need to start investing and start preparing for this job interview that we're in now. Are you doing what God has told you to do? Are you distracted? Are you living for this world or are you living for the next? Are you faithful in telling people about the Lord? Are you passing out tracts? You know what this pocket is, men, that you have here? It's not for cigarettes. 
It's to have tracks so you're ready to pass them out. Ladies, you know where you have that big purse that's like Mary Poppins? You can pull ladders out of it. So you can carry lots of tracks. You know who needs a track? Everyone. That gas station attendant, they need a track. Hey, you know who needs a track? The grocery store person. You know he needs a track? Your neighbors. We just moved to a new neighborhood. We're already planning on getting brownies and making them for everyone, putting a track with it and meeting our neighbors. Here's some brownies. By the way, here's a track. Meet people. Tell everyone you meet is either going to heaven or going to hell. Everyone you meet says we want Jesus to rule over us or we will not have this man rule over us. We're living in a hostile country. Are you occupying? Are you preparing for this kingdom to come? Jesus said very uh, simply, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. And those that do not get saved, they will be killed. They will be sent to an awful place called hell. And hell is a very real place. And we wouldn't want a single person to go there. But now he is left. He is gone. And Jesus has left us here For the same purpose to do what he told us to do. Just to reiterate, someone may say, well, occupy till it comes. Are you sure that it means soul winning? Absolutely. Let me prove it to you. Notice with me in verse 10. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus came? To seek and to save that which was lost. And when he left, he put us here to finish the work That he started to seek and to save that which was lost. When we occupy till it comes. That's exactly what he means. To be in the business of trying to tell as many people as possible. That Jesus Christ is coming back. And you need to be ready for his coming return. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.